Hey everyone, you know Brennan and Eric take football very seriously, but there's something we should be taking even more seriously, and that is your mental health. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that could be not be further from the truth. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online. One of the biggest advantages of BetterHelp is how quickly you can start talking to a licensed professional. If you have looked for a therapist in the area, you can you know it's, it can even take weeks or even months just to find someone that you're comfortable talking to. With BetterHelp, it can take as little as 48 hours and it is easy to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash double doing podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. The holidays are almost here and there's plenty of t-shirt cheer thanks to our sponsor, True Classic Tees. Fellas, we have the perfect gift for your wish list. True Classic Tees are a gift for you, for her, and a great present for any guy in your life. True Classic is on a mission to maximize men's confidence by making them look good. Trust me when I say this is a gift that ladies will appreciate too. If you're rocking a Santa bod, True Classic might be the Christmas miracle you've been waiting for. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good to certain body types. Well, True Classic's team designed t-shirts to make fellows of all sizes out there feel confident in their clothing. True Classic has helped over 2 million men look great in their tees, and now you can say big while you do so as well. Get 25% off True Classic with my exclusive link, trueclassic.com slash doink. And the discount doesn't stop there. You'll save even more during their site-wide Christmas sale. Support our show and check them out at trueclassic.com slash doink. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thanks so much for tuning in today, guys. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast for every listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. Really cool episode coming for you today. I have one of my favorites with me today. It's Shield Kapati from The Ringer. Shield, what's going on? How's it going? Good to be back. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. I know you're super busy around this time. Um, I actually, I think I tailed your, uh, some of your, your spread picks. I think it was like week 11 or 12. It was one of the weeks you had a better week. So thanks for winning me some money. You get, you got it. Yeah. We're doing pretty good for the season, but, uh, gotta, gotta finish strong. So, uh, that, that always brings me anxiety on Sundays. I'm watching all the games to see how my picks are doing, but, uh, lo- looking forward to finishing out strong. When you were at the athletic, I think you had, a, I don't know if it was your last year, but you went on a heater at one point. I threw your picks to, yeah. I have like a group of friends where we do our bets. So you are a popular kind of guy in my, in my betting career. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a couple of years ago. We had a good, yeah. we had a good year. So that's, that's the year we're chasing. Okay. So we're going to talk mostly Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to talk some generic NFL at the end. Um, I wanted to get your Eagles insight um, on this team. It's 12-1, and one of the best Eagles front teams in a very long time. Um, I want to start with the quarterback position. Jalen Hurts has basically launched himself into maybe first or second in the MVP race, whoever you talk to. I think it's a two-horse race right now. But over the last three games, Shield, he has been on an absolute tear. 1,013 total yards, nine touchdowns, zero turnovers in the last three games. In my opinion, this is the last three-game stretch has been some of the best quarterback play from an eagle i've seen it basically in my lifetime i'm 27 years old so um what have you seen from jalen hurts over the last three weeks that maybe is different from maybe 2021 in the beginning of the season and just from the film you're watching what are you seeing from the eagles signal caller yeah the last two weeks uh especially the titans game and the giants game you know the titans game plan was all about don't let jalen hurts scramble make him work from Uh, The pocket, I mean, if you watch it, their pass rushers weren't even really rushing him. They were just like, all right, we're going to stand here. And if he scrambles, then we're going to be ready to to tackle him. And so he had to operate from the pocket, and he threw for, what, 380 yards in that game. So that really stood out. 
And then this past week against the Giants, he knew that they were a blitz-heavy team and the ball had to come out on time. And if you watch some of the throws he made, I mean, their offensive line played well, but the Giants won some of those battles. I mean, there was a, a early third down to Devontae Smith where the ball had to come out before Devontae Smith is even out of his break and ball was out on time and on target. There was a throw to Quez Watkins on the left side where the Giants had a free rusher right in Jalen Hurts' face where, you know, you're, you're talking about the differences between this year and last year. I think last year that's probably a play where he tries to elude the rusher, scramble, pick up some positive yards. Well, this year he just kind of stood in there and delivered a beautiful pass to Quez Watkins on the left side on target took the hit and moved on. So um, just his ability to process, know what he's seeing before the snap, uh, be comfortable hanging in there after the snap. Uh, it, it's been really impressive. One of my biggest takes with Hertz from this season that I think a lot of people that are criticizing him are forgetting is I, I, I don't want to like rip media members, but Chris Sims, for instance, yesterday did say that Jalen Hurts has a, the top run game in the NFL, which is why he's being so successful. In my opinion, he is the run game. Like if it's not for him, the run game doesn't move. The run game doesn't work. Um, is that is that an opinion that you kind of have? Because I think that's getting lost in the shuffle here. Yeah, I mean we we've seen that for years. That when you have a quarterback who's part of the run game, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, some other guys, we, we've seen over the years that it makes life a lot easier for that running back for that offensive line because now you're you're evening up the math. The defense doesn't know who's getting the ball on those zone reads or those option runs. They always have to be aware. Whereas if you have you know, Tom Brady at quarterback, once the ball's, hand, you know, he's showing handoff, you don't have to worry about anything else. He's out of the play and you have 11 first 10. So, yeah, I totally agree with that, that he makes the run game go. I mean, uh, if you watch uh, any game this season, it, it's so obvious that he is a huge part of the run game. He's already run for, what, over 600 yards on the season. But not only that, like you said, uh, he's affecting when he hands the ball off to Miles Sanders, he's affecting the defense. So without him, yeah, it wouldn't be a top three, top five run game. All right, I'm going to get a flaming hot take from you right out the gate here. You covered the Eagles in 2017. You were you were there when Wentz went on that. I th so it was, I think he played 12 games. It was week 13. He got hurt. Are you taking 2017 Wentz or 2022 Jalen Hurts? Yeah, it's a hard question in hindsight. I mean, I, I was on the record at that time saying, like, Wentz is, you know, falling out. He looks incredible. They're going to win a Super Bowl with him. Even after he got hurt, I thought, all right, this year is gone, but eventually they're going to win a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz, and we know it hasn't gone that way uh, since. Uh, this version of Hurts feels more sustainable to me. It feels like they have more answers, you know, if you want to – play with two deep safeties well they're just going to run the ball on you over and over again and as you mentioned that's because of hurts if you want to play like the titans did and say hey we're going to stop the run and you're going to have to operate from the pocket well he can do it uh that way too so i think the supporting cast is better uh this year for hurts when you just look at the wide receivers and who he has to work with compared to 2017 Wentz. but uh i i said it you know after the giants game I, there hasn't been an eagles offense in my lifetime that i've seen just move with such ease and you're just watching the games and it's a 75 yard drive and you're going that felt kind of easy they didn't really have to struggle or sweat to do that so i think i would take this version of hurts i like you said sustainable it makes a lot of sense because i think Wentz in 2017 was he not like his third down percentage was insane yeah. like that that stuff comes back to earth at some point right and we probably did see it yeah. so yeah you're 100 right i like that word sustainable to kind of focus on hurts because he's 24 i, I don't think Eventually, when you get older, the run game's going to 
start tailing off. However, he doesn't right. take hits, never takes hits. I think that's one of his best attributes. And he doesn't run like sporadically like Lamar Jackson does. Lamar Jackson also doesn't take hits, but it's a different style of runner. It's almost like a power back. I, I think this is an offense that can work in the future. Yeah, no, no doubt. He's got the, uh, I mean, we, we have, what did he squat 600 pounds? They yeah. mentioned during every broadcast or whatever, but yeah, he is a, he is a uh, thickly built man. And like you said, he doesn't use that. And he, he doesn't play like Josh Allen where it's just like, all right, every play is to win the Super Bowl and I'm going to be flipping and, you know, doing all kinds of wild stuff, which don't get me wrong. I love to watch that from Josh Allen, but uh, Hertz does for the most part, avoid those hits. Um, you're right. You know, it'll, start to wane at some point, but he's 24. I mean, you should have three or four years here where he can operate uh, at this level. We know he takes care of his body. We know he takes it seriously, all the intangibles you could look for. So um, yeah, he, he can continue, I think, to be a runner. We'll see. I mean, you never know. It, it's, it is a little unprecedented to be fair. You know, yep. there hasn't been, uh, we've seen Lamar Jackson, but other than that, there haven't been a lot of quarterbacks who have run this much. And that's always been the fear that, Hey, they can get hurt. But I don't know. You you watch the film, and sometimes it feels like when guys hang in the pocket and take those big hits, that's where they get injured. And when you're kind of dictating and you're running and you're aware of your surroundings, maybe you can protect yourself uh, a little bit more. So um, it, it's a, it's something to keep an eye on for sure. But I tend to lean towards you that it feels like he can be a part of the running game uh, for years to come. Kesa, do you remember you were you were at the Athletic this time and you were on Birds with Friends, so you were obviously following the Eagles. Do you remember the Las Vegas Raiders game last year? I think they went – it was to go 2-5. Yeah. Derek Carr completed 33 of 37. Um, yeah. Like I said, Eagles went to 2-5. and five. I actually Googled Russell Wilson's contract at that time on Seattle. I was like, okay, they're 2-5 and five here. I got to start looking to the future. Um, Jonathan Gannon's not working. The Eagles' offense isn't working. And my point, that was like, I, I didn't feel like they would be able to get out of that hole. And of course, they did. They went on that crazy run. Um, Nick Sirianni had a speech on, I think it was Tuesday after that week or the Monday, whenever he talks about how the Eagles are going to fertilize and the, the, the water's on. I don't know if you remember this speech. They're, they're watering yeah. the roots. And since that speech, the Eagles are 20 and four in their next 24 Ooh. games. So in my opinion, Nick Sirianni has done an, an incredible job of transitioning this team to become a powerhouse in the NFL and just become a Super Bowl contender. Um, what have you seen from Nick Sirianni on the game plan side of things first? Because the offense, in my opinion, has been very creative. It's been fun to watch. Um, and as an Eagles fan, it, it's just it's a breath of fresh air um, over since the 2018-2019 season. Or in 2020, when I thought the offense did get a little dull. So just from a game plan and schematic si um, side of things, what are you seeing from Sirianni's offense? Yeah, it's a, it's a low volume playbook. You know, they don't run like, like Sean Payton. He's kind of the guy who's known for his offenses. It's like, wow, the volume of plays, like the quarterback has to be all over it and you don't know what you're going to get every week. That's not the Eagles. I mean, they have a lot of staple plays that they run and, and they'll run them over and over again. I mean, they had one run last week against the Giants that they just kind of spammed and used over and over and over again because the Giants couldn't stop it. So I like that. You don't have to be, that you don't have to overthink it. You don't have to be that creative. You've got the talent edge in most of these weeks. And so that's one thing I like. And then the other thing is they have good change-ups. You know, I think that Colts game uh, a few weeks ago uh, where the offense didn't look good and it felt like the Colts had a beat on some of the stuff the Eagles were doing. I mean, they were just anticipating uh, some of the stuff they were doing. And since then, the Eagles just came back and they've run a lot of great change-ups where, all right, it looks like the thing we've shown on film a lot, but – 
we're doing something else. I mean, a couple examples. One is just they're using more pistol now with the back right behind the quarterback because this goes back to the Chip Kelly days. You know, defenses uh, would have kind of know what's coming. If you're in shotgun and the back's to the right side, well, he's probably running to the left side, not every time, but a high percentage of the time and vice versa. So when the back's in pistol behind you, you don't know if the run's coming to the left, to the right. You don't know if the quarterback's uh, going to the left or the right. So it was their season high for snaps out of pistol last week. They ran 15 snaps out of pistol. So that was one change up. Uh, another, if you look at A.J. Brown's touchdown from last week, it's a route, a play that we've seen the Eagles put on film all season long where he's kind of running a deep over route. And so the cornerback, you could tell, thought, hey, that's what's coming. And then all of a sudden, A.J. Brown bends it back and comes back to the right sideline. And there's huge separation. And Jalen Hurts puts the ball on the money. And it's a touchdown. So those types of things have really been popping up, have been surfacing. And uh, it's a credit to the coaching staff. You don't necessarily have to, have to add volume to the playbook. You just need to add, add kind of change-ups to your staple plays so that the defense, uh, you know, is not saying, hey, this offense is predictable. It's especially in the Titans and um, the last game um, last week, I, I I feel like they ran so many different personnel groups that I've never seen before. I yeah. Really no. saw. Like, I, especially the first yeah. drive. I think they ran right. like four different personnel, five different personnel groups on that 14-play drive to start the game. Yeah, with Goddard out, it had mostly been, you know, 11 personnel with, with the three wide receivers. But you're right, in that game, they just came out and said, hey, we're going to show you a bunch of stuff early on. You're not going to know what's coming. There's a, a, a snap with, I think, Gainwell and Sanders were both on either side of Jalen Hurts in shotgun. And, uh, you know, they're running a run play out of that. So, yeah, it can be the same play out of different personnel groupings. It can be the same play out of different formations. It can be, you, you know, you, you can mix and match like that so i think sometimes nfl coaches overcomplicated and you know want to make sure hey all the work we're doing the uh, during the week gets shown on a sunday but i like that about this coaching staff where they don't seem to operate like that they're just like if we can keep it simple and we're picking up 400 yards then we're just going to go ahead and do that and i think players like that too okay let's talk about mr jonathan gannon because you haven't heard a lot of his name in the media waves the radio waves because he's doing an okay job the last couple of games. He feels like a guy that when something goes wrong, he gets blamed. When when it goes right, he doesn't get the credit. Um, I was very harsh on Jonathan Gannon going into this year. I thought he was maybe the weakest link of this team. I was not a fan of the schematics of the defense last year, the DVOA numbers. I think they were 26 something, 25th in DVOA in 2021. Yeah. The numbers match what my eyes were telling me. Um, the Eagles defense has been very solid this year so far. They're, um, I believe they're top 10 in DVOA. Um, since week eight, they are seventh in EPA per play. So there have been a top 10 defense this year, in my opinion. I think I think the big thing to kind of talk about when you think about the Eagles defense, is it talent-based or is it schematic-based? What's your kind of take on the Eagles defense so far? Yeah, no, it's, it's fair what you said. I, I've been critical of Gannon, but I, you know, when things go well, I'm usually crediting the players. And when things go poorly, I'm usually criticizing him. I mean, listen, last year was terrible. There's no two ways about it. It was frustrating to watch. I didn't like the scheme. It was vanilla. Uh, they were making life too easy on opposing quarterbacks. And you just gave the overall numbers. They were not a good defense. Um, so this year, yeah, they've been a lot better. And so he does deserve credit for that. I, I think they have more like coverages available to them. They're more creative on third down, whether it's blitzes or disguised coverages all those things. He absolutely deserves credit. Uh, I would still sort of lean towards the talent. I mean, I, I think it's kind of Howie Roseman victory. You know, I don't look at it and say, man, if they lose, if they were to lose Jonathan Gannon 
and have this group of players, all of a sudden the defense would stink. I kind of think the defense would probably still be pretty good. So I'm not trying to give a backhanded compliment. That's just kind of how I feel. I mean, they're loaded. You watch some of these games and in two areas specifically, their defensive line has just been killing killing teams. I mean, especially the last uh, two weeks, they, they just can't block them and they're deep. And so all of a sudden an offensive tackle is having a tough time with Josh Sweat and then Brandon Graham comes in and Brandon Graham is still playing well and Brandon Graham's fresh because he hasn't played a lot and then he kills the guy. So um, I think it's really a victory for Roseman and then their corners. I mean, the James Bradbury, the way that played out and they were kind of lucked into being able to add James Bradbury, that's just been so huge for this defense. I mean, if that move doesn't get made, if the Giants don't release him, if the Eagles aren't the highest bidder, if he doesn't decide he wants to come to the Eagles, then I don't know who would be playing that second cornerback spot. And now all like of a sudden, that, Pearson, right? Is yeah. That yeah. Be next yeah. Unless they made another move. Yeah. Unless yeah. they made another move. So um, that would be a weak link and Bradbury and Slay have just been so good. So when you have two corners who are playing like that and you have a D line playing like that, it makes like life easier uh, for the defensive coordinator. Okay, let's quickly kind of fast forward a little bit to the offseason. Um, I want your take on the pending Eagles free agent situation because if you take a look at some of the guys that are coming up um, for new contracts, it's a lot. The Eagles are – I think in a part of this season that a lot of people don't realize is this version of the Eagles is not – it's not going to look like this next year. This is kind of a – maybe an all-in. They have the they have the core built around. A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith are going to be back, some of the offensive linemen. But it's a lot of – it's going to look different next year for sure. Um Guys like Chauncey Garner-Johnson, free agent, uh, um, uh, Javon Hargrave, James Bradbury. <clears throat> are there guys that you're zoned in on? T.G. Edwards is another one. Are there guys you're zoned in on that you think they should 100% keep, 100% let go? What, what's your take on the coming upcoming this offseason? Yeah, I mean, obviously it all depends on what guys they're asking for and you know what, what they're looking for um, on the open market. I mean, someone like Hargrave, I would, prob- I, I would like to keep a player like Hargrave yeah. if I'm Howie Roseman. I mean, he's been outstanding. He's scheme versatile. You know, he can play um, like when Jordan Davis goes down and you need someone to play some snaps at the nose tackle. I know they signed Linville Joseph, but Hargrave like did that last year. And then when he's playing his normal position, good, you know, he's good against the run, but his pass rush has been really good. And it's hard to find interior pass rushes. I think he's got what eight sacks or something um, on the season. He's affecting plays even when he's not uh, having sacks. And that's an area where you're a little thin, you know, he's a free agent. Fletcher Cox is a free agent. Yep. Uh, Linville Joseph is a free agent and so you have Jordan Davis and you don't have a lot else there so I would look into signing um, somebody like that for sure and then you know the the other Chauncey Gardner Johnson you mentioned that I would be a little hesitant uh, honestly because I think he's going to want really top of the market money and I don't think million dollars like in that range that's a lot of money Mm -hmm. yep and so um, I feel like he's been solid. I don't think his interception numbers, he's got six interceptions. I don't think that's indicative of, wow, he's playing at an elite level. Like I don't think he's anywhere close to like a pro bowl level uh, for them. So uh, I would probably be a little bit hesitant with somebody like that uh, linebacker. I think you got to keep at least one of the two guys, Edwards or Kaiser white. I mean, I don't think you're probably not breaking the bank for TJ Edwards. And I think he's a player who you've brought up in your system. He's really improved. He's been durable. Um, and so that would maybe be someone I would say, all right, you know, let, let, let's go ahead and keep someone like him. But again, it all, it all depends if, if someone's getting, you, you never know. I mean, we saw it last off season with the Jags signing Christian Kirk and um, you know, sometimes guys get paid a lot more money than you're expecting and you can't keep them. But those are just some of the thoughts uh, on the class. Okay. One more Eagles question before we move on. This is kind of an off topic one. I'm, I'm curious. You've been covering the team. You covered the team for how many years? 
Uh, I covered um, full-time in 13 and 14, and then again in 17 and 18, so four years. Out of your time covering the Eagles, who was your favorite player to cover? Who was the most interesting to you? Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, I would probably say Kelsey. This was before Kelsey kind of became Kelsey. Um, okay. You know, during those during those Chip Kelly days, uh, I would always like when a player would explain stuff to me. You know, where I could say, "Hey, there were you know they really shut down your run game." Like I remember during those Chip Kelly days, they were running all over teams, and then they played the Giants, and the Giants just kind of killed them and took away their run game. And so Kelsey was willing to explain, hey, this is what they did. They were running this stunt. Oh, man, yeah, they really got us. And, uh, and then that was when the coaches film just became available. So then I could use the coaches film, show the examples, use the quotes from the players and coaches. And that was really helpful. And so, you know, some players are willing to explain that stuff. Others are more, you know, tight-lipped. Either they're, they don't want to give anything away or they're like, come on, you, you're not going to know what I'm talking about type thing. Um, so uh, I always appreciated that out of him. That's interesting. Um, okay, this one, we're going to transition over to kind of generic NFL to finish the episode. This one kind of ties into the Eagles, but I think the Eagles are probably the best team in the NFC um, right now. I think they're the number one contender to get out of the conference. Who is the second? Who is the Eagles, I guess, biggest competition in the NFC? Because I think it's a three-team race, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles. I'm assuming you probably have a similar take, but Cowboys, 49ers, maybe another team. Who, who are you thinking gives the Eagles the biggest, uh, biggest, I guess, toughest matchup? Yeah, I'd kind of written off the 49ers when uh, Garoppolo went down. Yeah. Highly unusual, a seventh-round pick quarterback coming in and even just kind of you know, k- keeping the train on the tracks. That's hard to do. Uh, but Purdy has looked honestly every bit good as good as Garoppolo. He's looked similar uh, to Garoppolo when you just look at efficiency. So maybe I shouldn't have written them off so quickly. Uh, it's a tough one. I was just asked this recently, and I still would lean towards the Cowboys as the biggest competition just because I'm probably going to be skeptical of Purdy <laughs> until we get like a huge sample size. Yeah. You know, it's just hard to, it's hard to come in and play well. So Cowboys still have Dak. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. They can rush the passer. They can do a lot of different things. So I would say Cowboys two, Niners three. And honestly, if anybody else beat the Eagles in the playoffs, uh, I would be stunned. Not saying it yeah. can't happen. We see upsets all the time. But I don't see anyone else in the NFC where I'm like, wow, that, that team could come in and really, uh, really push the Eagles, come, come to the link and win a playoff game. I think there's a six-team race for the Super Bowl right now. Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys, uh, Bengals, Chiefs, Bills. That, that's kind of my opinion so far on the way things have gone. Is there a team outside of the six that I just named that you think could win the Super Bowl? No, those, those are the six uh, I've got. I, I'm definitely in on the Bengals. I mean, I guess you could say don't write the Dolphins off quite yet. I mean, they've had two bad games, so everyone's down on them. But, man, for, what, 11 weeks, that offense looked unstoppable. You know, they, they were just killing teams, putting 30-plus on teams every week. So uh, I'm not going to put them in there right now but like three four weeks ago i was going it looks like they, they maybe they could make some noise um in the afc but uh, i would tend to agree with you i've been saying five teams again because i, I kind of said the niners aren't going to get there with purdy but they've probably done enough with him that uh it, it should probably be a six-team race i think the dolphins are a fascinating kind of case study for the rest of the year because every team faces adversity in the nfl but they've got punched in the mouth. Like teams are starting to kind of catch on to their deep passing. I think the Chargers played like a ton of press coverage against against the Dolphins, which really kind of threw off the rhythm. And uh, I know Tua had the crazy comment that it snows in Alabama. 
Um, it, I think Buffalo gets more snow in a day than Alabama does get in a whole year. I think I did see that on Twitter. So it's going to be tough. They're, 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 every team against, like I said, face adversity. But this is uh, they're going to have to counterpunch, right? Teams are teams got film on yeah. them. Um, they're going into the deep shots. Chu hasn't been in this kind of playoff race. Mike McDaniel's a first year head coach. I, I think this could go multiple different ways. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I'm always hesitant to say there's a blueprint on a team playing that well, but you said it. They've gotten killed the last two weeks. They're facing the Bills, who are really well-coached defense. They still have to face the Patriots this year. They're a good defense, and I think they play the Jets still this year, and they're a top you know, five or six defense. So we're going to find out if they kind of have a plan B or if it is one of those situations where it's like, all right, you know, what you were doing was great, but now there is a way to stop it. All right, two more for you. Um this one, this one's just a like generic hot take question, Shield. You were 14 weeks in. What's a take that you will take to the grave that you know is true in the NFL over the first 14 weeks? What's your biggest hot take that you've seen? Oh my gosh, my I'm trying. I know I'm it's early in the morning, and I'm getting you on the on the pedestal here, but I gotta I gotta get it from you. I know. I'm trying <laughs> to look at. Sometimes I like just bringing up the NFL standings because then I look at a team and uh, I'm to okay. I've got one. Um, uh, Tony Romo convinced uh, everybody, uh, the football viewing public that Josh Allen's injury was worse than it was. So this is my theory. <laughs> Everyone's watching that game on Thanksgiving, and Romo's saying, I'll look at his elbow. You know, he can't make these throws. And I'm not saying it's not affecting him, but the Bills are still, like, really freaking good. They're 10-3. and three. Yeah. They've lost three games by a total of eight points. Uh, they have a top-five offense in the NFL. And I feel like Allen in that offense is just going to be a little bit volatile by their nature. And so I feel like since then, everyone said, eh, you know, Allen's elbow, Allen's elbow. They're not the same team. And I'm like, they have the best point differential in the AFC. And so maybe Allen's playing at, like, 94%. I don't think he's playing at, like, 75% because of that uh, injury. So I think Romo convinced uh, America of something that my eyes tell me is not actually happening. It's right. They're almost getting underrated a little bit right now. Like team, yeah. people are forgetting about them. And I always, I always kind of like when we get so late in the season, I always try to remember what I thought about a team at the beginning of the season. Cause everyone's NFL is such a week to week sport where everyone changes their mind. I, I do that a lot too. So I try to kind of ground yeah. myself and think, what did I think about this team at the beginning of the year? And I thought they were the best team in the NFL and not a lot has changed, right? Like what, what has changed since the beginning of the season? Nothing. So I still think they should be considered a top team. So that's a good one. Last question for you. Um, who is the most valuable? Who's going to raise the trophy for most valuable player at the end of the year? I think it's going to end up being Mahomes. I, I, I think, uh, you know, there's a case for Hertz, no doubt about it, but uh, I feel like we're probably underrating what Mahomes has done. They, they trade Tyreek Hill. They have the best offense in the NFL. Uh, he has the highest statistically. He's the best quarterback in the uh, NFL EPA per pass play. And he has 15 more completions of 20 plus yards than any other quarterback in the NFL. And that's in the season they traded Tyreek Hill. So I kind of view it as like, you know, the, the old heads will remember Michael Jordan. It was like, is he just going to win the MVP every year? Are we going to give it to somebody else? Uh, I would say like, eventually people will be like, let's not get bored with Mahomes. And he's earned it. Hertz has been incredible, but Mahomes has kind of earned the MVP. Do you think potentially like Hertz, let's say if they beat the Cowboys, they beat the Bears and beat the Cowboys, they're probably going to rest their stars week 18. I don't know if the Chiefs are. Do you think that like hurts, 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 I guess, if that's if that makes sense? No, I, I think people would take that into account. You know, I think we'll have to see if Mahomes has a couple bad games, then I think Hurts could elevate. If the Chiefs lose a couple games and the Eagles finish 16 and one, then that'll work in Hurts' favor. So I think it'll be close. Yeah, we we do kind of take 
Mahomes for granted. Like he had made the, the most insane play against the Broncos where like shovel past it to to McKinnon and we all just forget about it. It's just all normal now. Like it's we do yeah. take Shio Kapati of the Ringer, thanks so much for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. Before you go, plug in anything you want the listeners to take a look at or they can find your work. Plug it all in. Yeah, check out the Ringers Philly special if you want Eagles, Eagles talk. Uh, Benjamin Solak and I do that. Or check me out on the Ringers NFL feed. Uh, I do Extra Point Taken, a show Monday nights with Ben Solak. And then I do a show called The Scramble on Thursdays where I have various guests on. Again, that's all on the Ringers NFL feed. Shio, you're the man. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of the season. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Take care.